about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. we thank you for this day we just thank you for every heart here and for even the people who couldn't make it tonight we just worship you we adore you you are the god of abraham isaac and israel we say yes to you today father we say yes to the holy spirit have your way in us we are your willing vessels and we just thank you for the word that's going to go forth i just pray right now that you would speak through me through the power of the holy spirit your word says that in that hour we don't have to premeditate but that you would speak through us and i trust you i believe your word we bless every single person here tonight we just ask for a fresh and anointing over our lives tonight and just a fresh indwelling of the Holy Spirit to overflow this place. We just pray fire rain down. We thank you for your healing, for your deliverance. We thank you for the shed blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And we know that it is the greatest legal transaction in the history of the world. We cancel the assignment of the enemy over all of our lives right now and over our families. And we just plead the blood of Jesus over this meeting. And we just pray it in your name, Jesus. Amen. So what do you guys want to talk about tonight? No, it's kind of like 50, 50. All right. Amen. Hallelujah. So I'm not really one to like prepare. I know I told you guys that. Like I don't do well with that. I never did do well with that. Hi. And um, so I thought about it. I'm like, I'm going to do a little bit of both. I'm going to try to like step out of my comfort zone and read a little script. I don't know how well that's going to work. And then kind of share with you guys some different things. But it's awesome because I'm, I'm grateful how just when we're walking in his will, and we're living his word, we are living epistles for all men to read, right? So I've, I've been taught lately, the Lord has really been dealing with me about keeping my mouth shut. That started months ago. That's a whole nother story. But it was really, it's probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to do because I'm so used to going to people and telling everybody everything. I'm so used to just being like flamboyantly loud and like telling the world what God is doing or what he's not doing or what I'm doing or what I'm not doing. And so several months ago, he started dealing with me about keeping my mouth shut. And that was at that time that like the blinders had come off. You know, I know I shared with some of you guys how over a year ago, God told me that Stephen was my husband. And I said, absolutely not. There's no way. Absolutely. I was so vain. And this was the one time God was going to be wrong in my life. And I went to the bank with it like Jonah. Right. I ended up exactly where God wanted me because I surrendered, praise God. And there was a, a course of events and everything that happened. But in that time, I was in direct disobedience to God and I didn't even understand, but his grace is so good. His mercy and his love endures forever. And praise God for that because when he started revealing things to me, it was in that time of prayer and fasting that God started to reveal myself to me. And it was really hard because like he wasn't going to bring me one step closer and one step in from one level of glory to the next until I looked at myself. So for me, that was hard because I kind of was like thinking I was all that. Okay, spirit of pride, anybody? <clears throat> Hallelujah. Okay, we just cast that off and I repented and I really started to look and see the areas of my life that weren't probably lined up but I thought they were. So in order for me to do that, I had to look in the mirror, right? The word is the mirror. I got to look at that. And so I started to realize that I've gone to people, places, and things for not necessarily approval, but like for almost like advice. And even if I would go to God, I wasn't waiting for him to talk to me. I would run over here and I'd, well, oh, I'll just do that, right? And in that course of the time that that's, you know, taken place, I missed out on some things because, you know, God 
is going to let me do what I'm going to do. I have free will, right? So even though I was living to the best of my ability, right, and I was walking in the kingdom, there were things that he needed to burn out of me. And it wasn't until I got quiet and I started praying and fasting. And the thing was, I wasn't released to talk to anybody about Stephen. It was only Kelsey. She was the only one. So praise God that in that period of time, he really showed me myself and I had to start repenting. And there was a lot of judgment. I had been judging a lot of people in our group, a lot of gossip. And like I had, when I looked at myself, it was, dis- I was a little disgusted. I'm just going to tell you guys the truth. It was hard for me because like here I am thinking I'm doing so great, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. And then really seeing where I was falling short and like not relying on the Lord because that's not a leader. Like a leader doesn't go talking about people. A leader doesn't um, think they're better than people. A leader doesn't put people down or put them under their thumb, right? And like I was doing some things that weren't lining up and I had to look at that. It wasn't about blaming anybody else, right? It was about looking at myself. So in that time that I did that, um, I had to go to the group and like everybody in the group and repent and tell them that I had gossiped and I was sorry and like just where I was at and like that God was pulling me in a different direction, but I needed to start keeping my mouth shut. So I really started um, just living the life that I've asked him to live through me, you know, like to be in obedience. Obedience is the highest form of worship. So, and then the gossiping, you know, like I really had to keep my mouth shut and because I didn't realize how generational this stuff is, right? And like I've repented and I'm grateful that now when it comes up, I get to choose. Do I want to walk in that? Do I want that spirit on me? Or do I want to walk in the kingdom? Because I can't have both. So I'm grateful for that. Um, and just the, the grace that I was given with my group and like with people. Um, God told me months and months ago, I was driving over a bridge and he revealed to me just in a vision. He had, he showed me on a platform and he said, I need you to go even deeper with the transparency. I need you to start getting, and I'm like, I'm really transparent. Like how much more do you want me to tell people? I mean, I'm grateful that I'm transparent, but he said, I need you even more transparent because it's in your transparency that people are going to get set free. And I was like, okay, I understand. And so as this started taking place and I started going, I mean, it was, I was embarrassed. I want you guys to know, oh, and I'm going to repent all you right now too, because I probably judged you and I probably said something not nice. So I apologize right now. Please forgive me. I don't know. I mean, it happens. So, you know, I'm just grateful that I can repent because I don't want to be that way, right? And when he showed it to me, it's it, there was a remorse in my spirit. I felt genuinely remorseful and I felt embarrassed, but I knew that I couldn't stay there. So the right thing for me to do was to go and just to talk to people and tell them. So praise God for that. And then the transparency. So as I started getting transparent, people started opening up and like their hearts started to get like even more vulnerable than before. So like I realized, you know, we can't go to people, places and things, groups, whatever. We can't do that and put that on a platform. We can't put that on a pedestal. Can't put that as an idol, right? Because I cared more about things that weren't even important than the members and their hearts. So God has taken me in a new direction and I'm I'm able to be more genuine after letting them see where I messed up and really share my heart with them and praise God for, for mercy and for, you know, people needing to see, cause like it was living out the transparency. Right. Um, and so like other things that I had to repent for too, were, um, needing to be like center stage. I always wanted attention and like, God's not about that. Like, yes, he's the God of the universe, right? He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, but there's a humility that comes that God needs me to remain in. And I was not humble. I was like really haughty and proud and like, people felt rejected to some degree when I was walking in that because they didn't really feel like I was genuine and I was genuine to a degree, but 
when when I want to be a local celebrity, because that's why I live my life, I wanted to be a local celebrity for all the wrong motives. Like when God started dealing with me, I really was like, I don't even want to teach. Like I was like, I wanted to just be like, oh my gosh, I realized how, you know, self-centered, right? I had been my whole life and how even just repenting for that, he was able to humble me. Because again, I, I went to some people and I just shared my heart and like, People have been able to open up more in, in, in this way with, with my new walk with God. I'm going to call it a new walk with God because ever since I was obedient to God and Stephen and I have been in this relationship, he explained to me, the Lord explained to me that because I was in direct disobedience to him, I wasn't hearing him clearly. And now I understand like how serious that is because I was just going to do what I was going to do because there's no way I'm marrying Stephen. Sorry, he wasn't my type. Okay, that's just, you know, we weren't, we're not each other's type. Like God assigned us, right? And so when when I started really putting my trust in the Lord and saying, I don't know what this is going to look like, but you told me and I'm going to go with you and believe you, my whole life changed. My whole walk with God has flourished and changed. And like, there's been an intimacy with the Lord that I've never, ever had before. And like, we're going to talk about that. Um, so yeah, I wanted to just share a little bit of that because that's a really important part of where I've come out of the last few months is repenting to people, um, letting people know too where I have fallen short and also you know, thinking about where the Lord has taken me in these last almost three years. So I know you guys know, but like for two and a half years, I've remained single, sober, and celibate. I've been waiting for the man that God has for me. And I've been saying that for how long? And then God brings him and I'm like, nope, not happening, right? So really, it's like incredible that I've been praying all these years and then people have been praying. I remember I met Pastor Tom at... Um, Miss Becky and Pastor Tom were at lunch and I was like, I'm really looking for a husband. That's why I'm church shopping. And they're like, okay, just keep coming. You know, like, I was like, that's why I go on all these churches. So praise God, right? That like, so one of the things I wanted to share with you guys, and I'm not going to go into it too much, but it is important that, um, about purity and what that looks like, because you know, I struggled with the spirit of addiction since I was six years old. That spirit came in through me seeing pornography. So from six to 31, self-fornication is a real thing. We don't talk about it in the church. Nobody wants to talk about it. If you get uncomfortable, I apologize, but you probably need to hear it. So I wasn't, I wasn't under, you know, a church. I wasn't, I didn't know what we learn here. Right. So my whole life I battled the shame and the guilt and the remorse. Right. And that stuck with me. It wasn't, I didn't get free when I put drugs and alcohol down. I got free when I devoted and consecrated my body unto the Lord. And like, people don't want to talk about it, right? Because most people aren't devoting their body to the Lord. And I was one of them. Okay. I was one of those Christians that was, I believed I was under grace and I could do that. But this is the thing. I had some head knowledge, but I didn't have, he didn't have my heart. You know, it doesn't matter that I was baptized in the Holy Spirit right? It didn't matter because my life didn't line up with scripture. My life didn't line up with the word of God. I can't live in sin and then expect to be blessed and walk in the abundance and have the, what God promises our inheritance, right? So I didn't understand that all those years, but when I got delivered, you know, when I got delivered to drugs and alcohol, and then I decided maybe I should do this God's way and just not do sex anymore and like really trust that God was going to, you know, deliver me of that. He did. He delivered me. And I've been set free from all forms, okay, of fornication. There is a, Stephen and I are a testimony because when we met for coffee, he wanted to know why I wasn't in AA. He wanted to know why he didn't see me around. And I said, because I'm doing what God's called me to do. And we had, you know, a group, we had kingdom recovery and we were doing things, you know, biblically, but it was the 12 steps. And 
he asked some important questions like if I why I didn't date and I let him know I live for the Lord and I also said other people in the group don't date and he's like you guys don't even have friends I'm like we don't even have friends okay we serve God with our whole life and then I just felt like the Holy Spirit was leading me to tell him about the porn- pornography addiction I had for my whole life you know and like after shortly after that conversation he's like when's this Bible study you know and you know just planting a seed of a testimony. It's our testimony that's going to help people get set free. Like, I can't be afraid to share with you guys, you know, what happened at six. Like, that dictated my entire life, okay? I'm free today because of deliverance, right? The word of God, because I applied, right? I consecrated my body. I couldn't get free. I didn't know about spirits. I didn't know what was really taking place in my life. I didn't know about, like, compulsive. I didn't know about any of this stuff. But praise God that I know the truth today. So one of the things, you know, that I'm so grateful for is that my biggest um, addiction, my biggest battle bondage stronghold is now my greatest asset in my testimony because I'm pure unto the Lord today. He has my whole body, heart, soul, spirit. He has all of me. And I don't take that lightly. And that's why I wanted to talk about that with you guys because in Mark um, 5, 25 through 34, and I might like, you know, flip flop back and forth because who knows if I'm going to read any of this that I wrote. Um, where are we? Mark. Okay. You know, it's just so cool because I read this a long time ago and I wrote in my Bible and I, and when I didn't know what I was going to teach about tonight, I just kept hearing purity. Like purity was very important. I'm like, I don't really think we need to talk about purity. Like, I don't want to talk about purity. I mean, I'm like, there's got to be more, you know, and God just kept showing me about the testimonies and just sharing, you know, where he's brought me out of. I think it's really important that we are able to share this stuff with each other because we don't know who's struggling with what the Holy Spirit knows. And I knew tonight because God told me just to make sure I'm so sensitive to the Holy Spirit because he said that he will draw out of me whatever you guys need. So praise God, right? Because that's what he does. That's Holy Spirit knows what we need. So purity, I taught, we're talking about in Mark 5, 25 through 34. That's the issue um, the woman had with the issue of blood. So, all right, did I not circle it? Okay, now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and she touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of affliction. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power, also another version says virtue, had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he had said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. So when I looked that up, I looked up um, power and virtue in the Strongs like months ago. And the other word for that is purity. So purity came out of Jesus, okay? Like how beautiful is that? And as I was thinking and praying today, I just felt like I needed to look up other... um, things in the strongs and then the other word under purity in the strongs was chastity which under that breakdown it read purity even in an inner makeup and it meant real integrity so um when i looked up i also looked up fornication in the strongs concordance which is numbers 4202 and that word which i didn't know until today was pornea it is derived from pernoa to sell off a selling off a surrendering of sexual purity, promiscuity of any and every type. So if we go to Galatians 5.16, he t- we talk about 
giving our body, right, as a living sacrifice unto the Lord. 5, 16, we're in 6. Okay, so I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the lusts, for the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. So for me, right, I battled that as a Christian. Like, I gave my, my heart to the Lord, but I didn't give him my body. So it's really difficult to serve God with your whole life, with everything you have, when he doesn't have your body and the contents in it. And I lived that life. So nobody's ever going to tell me that I was at peace or that I didn't need deliverance because I did. It was a tormenting it was, I was in so much bondage. It was the one thing I just couldn't stop doing. I couldn't give up the relationships, right? I couldn't give up the, the toxic relationships. It was my flesh, right? So 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, and 5 even goes a little deeper into that. And I think this is awesome that, you know, as I was reading them today, I'm like, I, where were these scriptures, right? I guess I wasn't reading them. <laughs> Clearly, I wasn't reading I was reading like, for God so loves me, right? Like, and I, and I felt guilty. I did feel guilty, but it wasn't enough to get me to stop because I didn't know how spirits operated. I didn't know about generational curses. I did not know the whole truth. So that's why I couldn't stop. Okay, hold on. Let's focus. Focus. Four, three. Um, okay, so for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. And that's one of those things when I came into the program and I used to tell Luann that I knew God. Well, she's like, does your life look like you know God? And that one, no, it didn't look like I knew God. So that's where my wheels really started to turn because I'm like, but I thought I knew God. But if my life doesn't look like I know God, then do I really know God? Because he says in his word that if you love me, you keep my commandments. Well, I wasn't keeping his commandments. Okay, so, um, do not go. First Peter 2.11. Beloved, I beg you as soldiers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against your soul. Right? So, again, he's saying it again. And for me, I had to make a commitment. There was a commitment involved. And I am going to read this. This is something, you know, I just was thinking about it today. So, I got saved. I got filled with the Holy Spirit. But he didn't have my body. He needs my body. Okay. So, an uncommitted Christian can use the blood as much as they like. And I did. And it didn't do anything. You have to be committed. You have to be willing to lay your life down. So how willing are you guys today? You know, because I had to make a decision. I had to make a commitment to God, not to the parts of the word that I thought I wanted to hear and believe and live under, but to all of it. The devil is not the least bit afraid of uncommitted Christians. And we learn that here. We know that for the people that are like, oh, I'm just a pitiful sinner. No, you're not. You are clothed with power from on high. You are endued. You are the most righteous under the Lord because of his blood. Like it's his blood. We're not pitiful. We're not broken. I mean, even when I hear songs about how broken we are, I'm like, no, I'm not broken. I have to turn that off because I don't want that in my ear gates because that's not what he says, right? So praise God that we know the truth and that we learn that here because there's a lot of people that aren't learning the truth. Um, so we can, yeah, the devil's not, he's not, He's the least bit afraid of uncommitted Christians. We can go through all our religious activities. We can go through our emotions. We could do whatever we want to do, but it's only when we come to the place where you don't love your life unto the death that your testimony has supernatural power, right? And that's Revelations 12, 11, And they overcame him 
by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they love not their lives unto the death, which I had to realize, you know, okay, so how much do I really want to serve God? Because for all those years, he didn't have all of me. And I'm seeing the truth today that when he has all of me, he gets to use me in his fullest. So I want to be used in God's fullest, like to the utmost, to his most excellent, right? When I lay hands, people recover, right? When we cast out a demon, it's got to go. So my heart was always to help people and it was always to be um, of service, but there was something missing, right? And I, it was because he didn't have all of me, like those, that part of your heart that he, didn't ha- that he doesn't have, you know, only you know what you're not giving him, right? It's that room in your heart. So he didn't have the relationship room in my heart. He didn't have the room of my body in my heart, you know, that I thought I knew better. And I, I'm seeing today, because I even have Christian friends that are like, how are you guys not having sex? How is that possible? These are Christians, okay? Christians in the church are asking me how we are not having sex before marriage. What is going on? Why are we not discussing this? Like, I don't understand because at first I thought they were joking. And I'm like, where have you been? You know, how do you, like, I don't understand because maybe you know, people don't want to talk about it. I don't know. Or maybe just because everybody is thinks it's okay. You know, I was even taught that, you know, working with other people that if, if we're helping any, anybody and they've had sex outside of marriage, but they married that person, they have to repent for fornication before they got married. They still have to repent because there's a curse that comes. And so I'm like, praise God for the truth today that when I get to help these young ladies, there's, they're being set free because I know the truth today. But back then I didn't know the truth and obviously I was not living right. So I'm just really grateful to be able to share this stuff because as we've been, listen, Stephen and I have been together, my eyes have opened so much and I'm realizing that it's not talked about and it's not just not talked about, it's not even lived out. So we need to be the example. I don't need to get up here and talk to you guys about what God's doing in my life and then go home and not live it because I'm pretty sure we see that everywhere we go. People are, it's a facade and we're, we shouldn't be about a facade. We should be about such genuine love and really wanting to help people, but it starts with me, right? It starts with you at your home you behind closed doors right and if it's not taken care of at home or, or within your your temple good luck going to help somebody because you can't give away what you don't have right so I'm grateful for for the truth today and I'm grateful that God did the work in me because that was my prayer God clean me out help me so that I can you know ha- I wanted to get married and have a family one day God wasn't going to bring me somebody when I wasn't even faithful and true to my one true husband. He wasn't going to bring me somebody. I was a cheater. I was an adulterer. I wanted a husband more than I wanted a a life with the Lord. And so there was a day where I had to make a decision. Was I going to be that 50-year-old lady, miserable, hating her life because she didn't ever get married and have a family? Or was I going to be that woman who was 50, loving life, serving God, laying hands on the sick, casting out demons, whether she got married or not? And that was like April 20 something, I think. I, and I said, God, I'm, he gave me a vision. And I was like, it was not pretty. I saw both women, me at 50. I'm like, I want to serve you no matter what, no matter if I get married, and have a family, no matter if I'm ever a mother, not, I want to serve you. And when I said that, something broke off of me. There was something that came off of me and I felt a peace and I was like, wow. And I called Kelsey and I was like, Kelsey, it's okay if I never get married and have a family. And I told her about the vision and she's in public. She's like, that's great, Kel. You know, like, I'm like, why is she not excited for me? Like she here, we have been praying and fasting. I'm just going to share this because it's so beautiful. We talked about it in our morning meeting. On 629-20, Kelsey and I made a commitment unto the Lord and to each other that we were going to fast and pray 
for her husband, my future husband, and our group, and anybody that ever came or didn't come or wanted to come or anybody who even heard of Kingdom Recovery or Coffee with Christ. And I had a little book and I'd pray and I'd write names down and I go back and I look in that book. Stephen was the first name on that in that book. Praise God. I think that's awesome. And everybody who's ever come to our group and people that we've just randomly met or who'd pop on and like praise God that we made that commitment, right? Because we've watched miracles. Miracles have taken place in our lives, right? And I'm so grateful for that. And I'm grateful that it's recorded too because you know, when I, when I called her that day and I had a, I had a piece, I realized, you know, that there were some things I was doing, you know, because I was like, well, what, where, where is he? When is he going to be here? Like everywhere I went, I'm the, I was, I was not anymore. I was the woman at the well. I've been married 5,642 times to men in my head. Right. So thank God this is the last one. Praise God. And it's going to be a real marriage, not a, not a made up fantasy. Praise the Lord. Um, and it was so cool because he's been right in front of me this whole time. And sometimes I think about that. I think about, you know, in church, we're looking for things, right? And we're, we're seeking and we're wanting, you know, the next thing or whatever. Maybe we're looking for it in the world and we shouldn't be, but we don't know any better yet. And, you know, God's right in front of us. He's like, I'm right here. I'm right here. What are you doing? I'm right in front of you, you know, but we're too distracted by everything else we think we want. And I'm over here thinking I know better and I'm going to go to this place to find a husband. I'm going to go over there. And then when I finally stopped, right, God was able to deal with me. He was able to work on me. And then in that time frame, I realized how much help I needed. I'm like, wow, I'm not my mouth, right? I'm pretty self-centered still, self-seeking. Now, listen, I haven't been with anybody, dated anybody in over two and a half years. So it's just me and the dog. Nobody's going to be fighting, right? We're, Tucker and I are not fighting. Okay, so now things are coming up because they've been not around, right, for two and a half years. So it's so beautiful to be like, oh, that needs to be burned out of me. That's a selfish, self-centered, I don't need to deal with that. But I'm so grateful today that God dealt with me as an individual unto the Lord and God dealt with Stephen as an individual unto the Lord. And we both pressed in for me, it's been the last two years with serious deliverance and I've just been breaking things off. I'm a bloodline breaker, breaking things off my family, off of me, right? And Stephen's been doing the same thing for the last year. And you know, if it wasn't for getting delivered and being set free from spirits, we wouldn't be together because there's no way we'd be able to see the truth, right? Because we'd be so caught up in what, everything that's going on in our head because we wouldn't be free. So I'm grateful that there was so much gutting and cleaning out because I can't, I can't sit, sit here and say that I would be able to even teach and be as transparent and be able to hear as clear because there was so much stuff that really needed to get burned out of me. And it's only when I look at myself, because I used to love blaming everybody. And we know in the word, mm, maybe we should go there. Matthew 7. We talked about that in the meeting today. Heather wanted to give me the scripture and I was really grateful for that. Matthew 7, 1. I didn't write that down, but I'm really glad I remembered. Because like this, is it Matthew? No, yeah, it is Matthew. We're in Mark over here. So judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Amen. Now, when I finally start to look at myself, there is a freedom that comes. I do not need to look at the rest of the world. You know, there's still that part of me that wants to blame people, places, and things. It's nobody's fault. Look at Kelly. When I look at Kelly, there's another revelation that comes. And then I see how God really needs me free. 
because he needs me to be able to bless the next person. If I'm so stuck and self-centered and stuck in my own thing or I'm mad at that one or upset with anybody, how is he using me in his fullest? Because that's not the pattern of Jesus. That's not Jesus's ministry. We're supposed to pattern, follow his pattern. And I'm grateful that we can do that today. And then I wanted to, I might read my script. We'll see. Um, I want to read about Mark 16, 15 and talk about how this is our calling, right? This is my calling. I'll speak for myself. I tend to speak for people. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going to speak for Kelly. Mark 16, 15. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow or accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Now, I did write, let's stop here for a second. So how many of you have heard about speaking in tongues? Okay, five people. How many have heard about casting out demons? Everybody, praise God. How many of you have casted out demons? Amen, praise God, good congregation. So the first supernatural sign was not speaking in new tongues, but it was casting out demons. So we have some gaps in our theology and our practice, and we do some of the things, and then we don't do some of the other things. Like I'm sure you guys will meet people that don't believe in speaking in tongues. Well, that's not scriptural. So just like having sex outside of marriage isn't scriptural, we can't take and put in things in the Bible. It doesn't work like that. So the only, the way Jesus told us to do it is the right way. It's his way, right? So let's consider how they obey. During their earthly ministry of Jesus, so in Luke 10, 17 to 20, and I didn't write that down, so I need to go there. Luke 10, 17. No, Luke 10, yes, okay, I went to 17, sorry. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt harm you, hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, but the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Amen. And what's that one thing he did say? Do not get frightened. So healing wasn't new in the Old Testament. Healing wasn't new even in the, in the New Testament. Um, miraculous provision wasn't new, but to have authority over demons in the name of Jesus, now that was exciting because that didn't take place prior, right? So let's go to Acts 8. And I really love this because... You guys know that God has blessed me with the gift of evangelism. I love to catch fish, fisher of men. I catch them, you guys clean them. I mean, I've been taught that I have to clean them too, so I'm getting a little better, right? Praise God. I was like, oh no, you just deal with them. I'll just bring them in. No, it's time to grow up. We gotta mature. But praise God that he has matured me. So yeah, Acts 8. And how many of you guys know that there's only one person in the New Testament that actually called himself an evangelist or was called an evangelist? Only one, and that's Philip. He's the only person actually designated an evangelist. So his ministry described in Acts 8, let's go to 8.5. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord, very important, we have to be in one accord, unity, he did the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. 
For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was a great joy in that city. And let me tell you something. When you get set free, there is a great joy that comes on you. When you have battled the spirit of depression, the spirit of suicide, the spirit of addiction, the spirit of heaviness, and you get set free, you can't help but be filled with joy. You cannot help but smile and be happy and singing all the time. I mean, that wasn't the start of my life, but that's how I'm finishing. So praise God for that. Um, So it's so cool that his pattern, right? We can say that his ministry is the pattern ministry of the evangelist. And that's something I've been doing some more research on too. Like, you know, Paul and Peter and everybody, like we read what they did, right? But even Pastor Tom will say, Jesus is our pattern. He's our example, right? So when you put it like that, it's like, all right, this is really awesome because we do have different patterns of even, you know, Peter, I think was, he walked by and people were healed by his shadow or he wiped the sweat on his yeah, handkerchief, and people were healed. Um, So he didn't have concrete theology, which is pretty cool, right? He preached Christ. And an evangelist message is very simple. In Samaria, he preached Christ. When he met the eunuch later on the road to Gaza, he preached Jesus. That's an evangelist message, Christ Jesus. And then there was something I was going to read, but I don't know. Okay, Um, so Philip didn't have a committee, right? He didn't have a sponsoring church. Now, I did resign from mayor because I was the mayor for a little while. And I'm being serious. Like, I'd go around. and You know, everybody was like, oh, just call the mayor. Just call the mayor. Call. But I don't need to be the mayor anymore, right? So when I read this, I thought, mm, maybe we should talk about that, right? Because there was a minute there where, you know, I just, I get so excited. And it's almost like a kid. Like, we got to grow up now, Kel. Like, you got to focus, right? Like, I still want to love and help people and bring, you know, bring them in. But there's a way to do it. I'm not, Stephen used to say, you're trying to get votes. Why are you trying to get votes? I'm like, I don't know. I didn't know I did that, you know? But like... Jesus wasn't trying to get votes. Let's follow the ministry of Jesus. Yeah, so Philip didn't have a committee. He didn't have a sponsoring church. He didn't have an auditorium or a worship band. And all those things are good, but they're not essential. So what I'm learning is what's essential is preach the gospel with science following and you'll always get a crowd, right? And we don't need a crowd. We don't need a platform. We need to follow the ministry of Jesus Christ. People need to know where to go when they're in trouble. They need to know that you mean what you say and you say what you mean. They need to know that what you're talking about, you're really living. They don't want, we don't, I don't want to see chaos. And then you want to tell me how you're living for the Lord because God's not about a God of chaos. You know, I come from chaos. So, you know, we have discernment. So we have to be the ones that are going to look different. We're not supposed to look like the rest of the world. We should be living so supernaturally that people are like, how are you doing that? How are you not fornicating before marriage? How are you not smoking marijuana? It's medical now. I don't care. Is the Holy Spirit smoking marijuana? No, he's not. And I'm sorry if anybody here is on that medical stuff. I'm not here to make you feel bad. I'm just putting it in a perspective, you know, on earth as it is in heaven, are they getting high in heaven on the Holy Spirit, right? Not substances. So we really got to look at things for what they are and be able to be the difference because people need to see what it's like to live in the kingdom. They need hope. I needed hope. I needed to see somebody and I'm grateful for Luann not having sex when I met her in AA. That was somebody that I knew I needed to be under because I needed help. That wasn't what I was seeing out there. So there was only one person out of how many people are in AA? Millions? One person that I knew personally, right? So I'm grateful because now when God brings me other women, I can be the example because I'm living unto the Lord. I'm not talking out of both sides of my mouth. Yet let your yes be a yes and your no be a no. You know, I have to be able to live the word of God and, and expect signs, wonders, and miracles to follow. 
they're not going to follow me when I'm out doing cuckoo stuff. I mean, God's not about cuckoo-ness, right? He's not about, he's about his law, his word. This is our inheritance, right? When I started believing his word and I stopped praying for everything he gave me, the power was like there. I'm like, oh, you know, it was like all of a sudden, right? And then the more I walked in the anointing and I stepped out and laid hands on people, the more the fire fell because I'm in alignment with the kingdom. Like, I still get nervous to pray for people, but when they tell me that a spirit just left their body and they felt something leave, I am so excited. Like, you know, sometimes the fear of man will come on me and I'm like, no, this is for the birds. You know, I'm praying, right? I'm taking back the territory, right? Because I'm called to lay hands and I understand too how when he has your body, there is a power that comes, right? When he has you totally, And when you're laying hands and you're praying and things are happening, and that's how it's supposed to be. That's why he needs all of us. He doesn't just need a part of us. He needs all of us. No, I don't remember where I was going. (laughs) Yeah, what's essential is preach the gospel with signs following and you'll always get a crowd. And we don't obviously need a crowd. We know that. But we want... We want people to see Jesus. We want people to, it's his power. Like James has taught me, it's the power that God's wanting to demonstrate, right? So sometimes I don't have the answers, but God has the, he knows, the Holy Spirit knows, and I don't have to ever try to figure it out. Sometimes I'd rather not and just walk in faith. I take a step and I trust God that he's going to speak through me. And I'm just amazed because it's in that trust, trusting him, really trusting him. You know what's another thing that's really cool? When God told me that Stephen was my husband a year ago, I said no because I didn't trust God. I did not trust him. I sat in church. I I praised. I did worship. I prayed in tongues. But deep down in the core of my, my heart, I did not trust God. There was no way that it wasn't going to look the way I wanted it to look. And it had to be a certain way. He had to be a hunter and a fisherman and this and have blonde hair and blue eyes. Stephen's bald. Okay. So for me, that vanity, that vanity really had to get burnt out because I'm like, there's no way. Like, I don't trust that God knows best for me. But my whole, you know, 13 years of knowing the Lord, my, my verse has been, my life verse has been Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts and plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And in those days when you pray and you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. When I gave him my whole heart, there he is, right? And the same thing, he just wants your heart. At the end of the day, he wants your heart. He wants all of you, not a piece of you, not your mind. He wants your whole heart. He bled for our hearts. He wants our hearts. And really when I gave him my whole heart and really when I look back and that's only a few months ago when I think about where I'm stepping out and I'm really trusting him and I'm like, this is going to look crazy. Right. But God is not a God in a box and he's not going to be this religious thing that we think is we're going to dictate to God how our life is going to go. Didn't I do that for the first you know few years of my Christianity and it didn't work out and I lived miserably. So in order for me to walk in his fullness, there was a trust that I had to step out in, in faith and believe God above all else. So when God told me to keep my mouth shut and he even gave me a scripture with that, I was very shocked because he was talking to me while I was cleaning and the, he told me, you're not going to say anything to anybody. Kelsey was the only one here that was already that was already determined. It had already been discussed between me and God. It was the only person I was released to. And I looked at the clock. He had already told me you're not going to talk about 
this with anybody and you're going to have to obey me. And it was 144 and I went and I looked up scripture and it was like Jesus said, and you will not say anything to anyone. And I'm like, oh, I really, he means business. He gave me a scripture. Like I was like, this is going to be really hard, you know, but it, and it was really hard, but it was in that trusting God that I got more grounded in him than ever because I couldn't go to people and tell them what was going on and get their opinion or, or even just be able to vent or anything. It was a trust with the Lord that I had to build. And I'm so grateful. Had I not done that, I would have missed my blessing. I don't believe that I'd be walking in his fullness today if I again disobeyed him because I realized how serious it was, like what he was telling me. And I'm so grateful because, you know, we have to get so sensitive to the Holy Spirit that when he says, go right, we go right. We don't question why we're not going straight. We just go right. Right. And so there are things that like, I really had to look at and say, you know, and that's one of them. I didn't trust God a year ago. And I'm okay to tell you guys that today because I thought I did. And I really believed, right, that I was doing, and I was doing to, un, you know, the best of my ability under the Lord. But there was so much growing up that I had to do. I had to really, you know, ask God to clean out their, the areas of my heart that like he had to clean out just a few months ago about judging people and gossiping. Like, I want God to use me in his fullest. How's he going to use me if I'm judging people? He can't use me. You know, and if it's, I know we're called to judge righteously. Like if I don't want to spend time with people, right, that are doing drugs or whatever, I get to love them. I can pray for them, but I don't have to be in close contact with them. If I don't want to go to jail again, I don't have to put myself in positions where I'm going to go to jail. We get to judge righteously, right? So I'm grateful. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for the discernment. Um, and, you know, just the way that he's been working in and on and, and through me has been like a like I talked to you guys about a gutting process. It's like kind of painful sometimes. It's it's a growing up, it's a maturing. Like there's a responsibility that I choose to take unto the Lord that I don't get to take things lightly when he tells me something, right? But when I was a baby, I could just be like, "No, I'm not doing that." Right? And there was a little bit of grace and now that we grow up, you know, we start to lose, you know, when he says, "Don't do something or do it or don't do something." and we disobey, it's like, well, I'm hurting myself. I don't want to hurt myself. I lived my whole life. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do that anymore. He really does know best for me. He truly knows best. And I believe him today. Um, and that vision that I was telling you guys about, um, when I was going over the bridge, you know, he was, he was sharing about transparency. But what I realized in these last few weeks was that it's not to be kept to myself. Like if God shows me something about me and I'm not speaking this for you guys, I'm just telling you how God has been working in and through me and my life and what he's doing. But when I get transparent and then share it with you guys, it's not, so it's not to be kept to myself because it's God's glory, right? He's not going to tell me anything about myself to not have me prosper in more ways than even I, he wants me to do better than I want to do right? Like we, we talk about that here. He wants our name to go prosper because his name is on our name, right? So we're not going to be broken. We're not going to be pitiful people living in sin that can't come out of bondage and oppression. Come on. Like the God of the Bible, the Holy Ghost, the most powerful person on the face of this earth lives on the inside of us. The shed blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth is the greatest legal transaction in the history of the world. There's living power in the blood right now. That's why it breaks bondages. It it breaks strongholds, the blood, right? So when we make a commitment to serve him with our whole heart, our whole body, our whole spirit, soul, body, our whole life is going to change. And I can guarantee you that. I guarantee it because God is no respecter of persons and what he does for one, he does for another. Um, so yeah, so he needs us transparent, honest, open, vulnerable. And um, 
I, I did share with you guys about that, about that scripture. So I'm grateful to be able to stand here today and tell you that it is possible. And that's what I've been realizing in this relationship too. Things are going to come up. Praise God for deliverance. When we manifest demons, which we do because we're not perfect, we cast them out. We repent to God. We repent to each other and we cast them out immediately. And then within three minutes, it's over. Okay. It used to be three years, three months, three weeks, my whole life, okay, was just an ongoing manifestation of misery and no peace and, and anxiety, right? So we deal with it immediately because, like, we're under God and, like, the covenant that we're under with the Lord has been nothing but pure blessing and abundance. Like, he truly knows what's best for us. It was more miserable and exhausting living in sin than living under God and doing what we're doing today. It is so beautiful. Like, when I think back about how exhausting it was to have to do what I used to do, and then to do what I'm doing today, and it's no struggle. There's no, like, we're going to have our moments, but it shouldn't be hard. If I'm resisting God, I'm resisting, or if I'm resisting myself, I'm resisting God, or if I'm resisting a person, place, or thing, there's something there, you know, that I need to look at. And so when you're not resisting God anymore, when you're not fighting yourself and God and other people, there's a peace that comes, and you sleep really good. I'm living proof of that. I mean, I don't know if you guys have any sleeping issues, but that comes from lack of peace, right? So if you're not at peace with God, if you're not at peace with yourself and you're not at peace with others, you're going to have some issues and it's going to manifest itself physically. And one of those ways that it comes is, is through not sleeping. Um, the other thing I was going to share with you guys is, um, how just being able to take a step back, um, and I had to reevaluate. So, that's hard for me because, you know, I'm so used to doing things a certain way and I get into like the rhythm and, the, and then when God pulls me in another direction, I'm like, well, what if I, you know, what if it doesn't work out or what, what is that going to look like? I like to know, like Stephen has this thing where it's called change on the fly. I'm like, well, I don't like that. I like things a certain way, apparently. And he's like, well, get used to change on the fly. I'm like, mm, you know, and I'm like, really, there are some things that are I'm battling because I'm like, I don't know how to do that. Like, so as God is changing things, right, and I'm, I'm trusting the Lord more, he's, he's been showing me that when I take a step back and I just get quiet with him and, like, let him show me the areas, like, it doesn't have to be hard and it doesn't have to be painful. You know, when we're in his word and we're really believing God for his word and we take his word as truth because this is the only truth we're ever going to have things will start to change and it might be painful for like a minute but it doesn't compare to the pain of living without knowing the truth because you know at the end of the day I used to try to run for myself and everywhere Kellyanne Conway went there she was and I couldn't get away from her so the drugs the men the alcohol it didn't matter because I couldn't get away from myself I tried it all you know and it was miserable and today being at peace with myself has been because I've had to look at myself and there's a freedom that comes and I know a lot of people don't want to talk about it and that's okay but my my prayer and my hope is that you guys do ask God to show you areas of your life that don't line up with his will, with his word and his kingdom because he wants you in his fullness. He wants you manifesting his glory everywhere you go. Every time you walk past somebody, they sense a presence. 
you know, it's really cool because I have a friend who has been around a little while and she's met a lot of my friends, our group, you know, she's kind of come and gone or whatever. And we've been praying and there were some answered prayers yesterday of a place that she was able to get because she's kind of been homeless and she got a place and we were praying and sending the glory of God to this, um, the owner. And I didn't know the guy, I just knew his name and we're sending the glory of God and we're just blessing him and praying supernatural doors. Turns out he's Holy Spirit filled, Messianic Jew, speaking in tongues, right? And we, I shared our testimony and told him about, because he saw the, I have a little magnet on my car for deliverance ministry, right? And he, we started talking about Jesus and the blood of Jesus. And it, was, it made my whole day. And she says to me in the car, you know, there's just something about you guys. She goes, I see it in all of you. Your eyes, there's a glow. There's, she's like, I don't, I'm like, it's the Holy Spirit. She's like, yeah, but there's this glow, you know, and she's just like talking about the glow. And she's like, and there's a peace. And on the meeting this morning, you guys were just so at peace and you speak differently. And like, so here I am talking to my friend and I'm hearing the glory of God again being manifested because she's seeing what I'm not able to see. I'm not looking at myself, right? And I love my group of friends and we're all really close and I'm around them all the time. So I get, you know, you get used to whoever you're around. So when she said that to me today, I realized how important it is that we do stand under God we don't answer to people, places, and things. Y'all are not my Holy Spirit, and I'm not yours because I also had to repent for that. I used to go around as Holy Spirit Junior Badge, correcting the world, letting you all know what you should and shouldn't be doing, right? And praise God, we were right here the other day. It was Sunday morning. This is awesome. I'm going to have to share this because this is how it's happening in my life, and it, it it's so beautiful. I've never had this happen like this, the quickening and the answered prayers and being in the supernatural the way that I am. We were, we were worshiping. There was a worship song. And all of a sudden, I don't know, Stephen left, went to the bathroom or something. And all of a sudden, I'm singing. And I was like, God, why is it that I think if it's not my way that something's wrong with somebody? Like, why is it that every time somebody doesn't do what I think they should be doing or what I would do, I get flustered or upset or I get aggravated like we got to fix this God we got to fix this quickly because this is a problem right and I was so excited to share with Stephen when he came back and he had to sit down he started laughing so hard in the middle of worship I'm like shh shh right I'm like we're in worship and he's like do you know what I just prayed and I'm like what he goes that God would reveal to you that you don't need to get upset every time you don't get your way or people don't do something that you think they should be doing I mean this is like 30 seconds later and I was like wow, praise God, right? So like the things that are happening are so supernatural. I want to live there. I want to stay there. I want to stay in alignment with God, not because of me, because of the people out there that need what I have. I messaged somebody the other day and told them I have the solution to your problem. Do you want it? His name is Jesus Christ. It's the power of the Holy Spirit, God the Father, right? Obviously there's a spirit of addiction on your husband, right? And there's a group of us that meet every Saturday night. Why don't you come, right? But everybody has all the answers. Everybody knows everything. That's fine. I was one of them. God sends me those people. And then I have to have that burn out of me too because I'm like, this is hard, right? But pride comes before the fall. But he shows me myself so that I can learn not like what not to do in these relationships, in any kind of ministry, right? Because I want to be used under the Lord. I want people to trust me. And I know that that starts with transparency. And first, True intimacy, true transparency starts with the Father. And then when I'm real and honest and transparent with the Father, then I can come and be real and intimate and transparent with you guys. And I really feel like that's where things are breaking off of people's lives. When the phone calls come in and somebody shares, like, I needed to hear exactly what you shared about. 
or anybody, you know, it's incredible to just see when we can humble, like the more humble, the lower we go, the higher God's going to exalt us, right? Because it's him. And not that we want to be exalted. We want him exalted, right? If we're wanting to do anything for a ministry or a name or money, like I'm out, right? Because I want to be unto the Lord. I don't need a platform. I don't need people to know my name anymore. I need them to know his name. I need to, they need to know what I'm carrying. And it's not a Louis Vuitton bag because I was addicted to those two and all these diamonds that I thought I needed in my life, right? One diamond will be sufficient. Praise God for that. I'm just saying, just broke out in a sweat a little bit. Just saying there too. But seriously, what am I carrying, right? I want people to know that I'm carrying the power of the living God on the inside of me. You know, when they come around and they they come to our church and they see that we're different. We are different. People don't realize what's going on out there. You know, there's a lot of false doctrine. There's a lot of, let's take this out and put this in. Or no, they didn't mean speaking in tongues because that died with the apostles. Show me in scripture where that died with the apostles, please. And if you're listening online and you want to call me or email me, and tell me something different because you believe that it, they speaking in tongues died with the apostles, then please do because I'd like to see it in scripture because when we start taking out bits and pieces of the Bible, we're no longer walking in God's fullness. So no, I'm, we're not going to be having sex outside of marriage and I'm just going to encourage anybody to repent if you have or if you are at the moment, if you need to talk to me after church or you need to call me at any time, I will pray with you. I, there's an anointing on my life for that. God was able to use me in that area to help women because that's what a lot of people are struggling with right? And if you're a male, go to Stephen, right? There's a reason that God put us together. We have a ministry right now, right? We're able to show people, not just married people, couples, right? Single people. It is possible. I have people calling, asking me how in the world you went from single to now you're getting married. Yeah, because in God's economy, it's unto the Lord. It's his timing. I don't get to do what I want to do, right? And when we follow his word, and what is Matthew 6:33? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So like, don't go to church looking for a husband or a wife. Get right with God, right? Because when you get right with God, he's going to bring you the person that he has for you. And it's probably not going to be somebody you want. And, I, and that's okay. <laughs> Praise God. I'm serious. It's the most beautiful thing in the world to think that God knew better than me. And you know what? I feel so loved by God even more that he's brought me Stephen. Like I thought I knew God's love before this. Mm -mm, not even close because... Anything I ever dared, hope, think, ask, dreamed, or imagine, I have that and then some today because I waited on God. And like the waiting part is hard, right? But it's being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And like, I want to continue to be used by God. I want to continue to live out his word. I don't want to talk about his word. I hear a lot of people talking, a lot of this going on. Well, what does your walk look like? You know, are you at home getting drunk behind closed doors because you can't deal with life and because you don't have peace? Well, if you have the Holy Spirit, he is your peace. We don't need to pick something up to get peace. That's technically blasphemy because he says he's peace. He is the, the God of peace, right? That surpasses all understanding. Why do we need to do that? You know, when we really got to look at it for what it is. And then that way, when we can look at ourselves, we can then go out and we can be the evangelists, right? We can Preach the gospel of Jesus Christ of Nazareth to the world with power, signs, wonders, and miracles following. That's our calling. We're, we're called to do that everywhere we go. Grocery stores, gas stations, right? Everywhere we go, people should look at us and see the glory of God. And I do know 
that he needs our body because I'm living proof. The only reason why I can stand here and share with you guys is because he has my body, my heart, my spirit, my soul today, right? So I'm grateful, I'm like very, very grateful to be able to, to, to share that and to be able to live for him because living in sin as a Christian was the most miserable thing because I did have a few years where I didn't drink and drug or fornicate. I had a few years of peace and it was beautiful. And when I stepped back into sin and and the ways of the world, there was something missing in me that I was trying to get back so bad, but I couldn't put it down. So I do know that the struggle is real. And I do know that there are times where you're going to probably feel tormented when you when you do put something down but there is hope right you just got to press in you got to press in his word and you know what you have to believe his word this is truth right here i don't get to just say well that was written 2000 years ago god doesn't change he's the same yesterday today and forever he's never going to change his word ever he's not going to come back down here and do it for you so if you're waiting for him to come he's he's coming back on a white horse but he's not coming back here to do for you what he's already given you the power and authority to do. And we have power and authority today. And we learn that here. And that's why I'm so grateful that I come to a church where I'm being shepherded properly. Okay. What does he say? My sheep know my voice, right? We know his voice. It's not about Catholicism, Pentecost, charismatic, Baptist, none of that. My sheep will hear my voice. They'll know my voice. They will obey. They will follow me, right? I'm his sheep today. We are his sheep. As we get shepherded here properly, we get to go out and bless people and then show them how it's done. So at the end of the day, the whole point of my message is for us to be living epistles for all men to read. They should look at our life and see the glory of God all over it, the manifestations of God's glory. And it is possible, right? You guys know that. And I'm just, how willing are you guys? How committed are you to him? Does he have all of you? Or does he only have a piece of you? You know, only you guys can answer this with the Lord. And he's going to show you if you're really, really wanting to get honest and real and ask him, he will show you because he wants you free. He wants that. He wants that part of you. Even if it's one part, he wants that cleaned out. And he wants total reign over that part of your heart. And I'm, I'm grateful to be able to share that with you guys today because I think it's important that we remain transparent. And if there are people struggling with any addictions or any, whatever it is, I want you to come talk to me and I want to pray with you guys after. If anybody needs prayer, come up here. I want to pray with you. Um, and I want you guys to stand to your feet because we're going to say something right now. And I want you to know that standing is a sign of victory and we are at Treasure Coast Victory Center. So we are victorious, okay? All right, so we're going to just repeat, my body is a temple for the Holy Spirit. Redeemed, cleansed, and sanctified by the blood of Jesus. The devil has no place in me. No power over me. No unsettled claims against me. All has been settled by the blood of Jesus. My members... The parts of my body and instruments are instruments of righteousness yielded to God for his service and for his glory. I overcome Satan by the blood of the lamb and by the word of my testimony. And I do not love my life to the death. My body is for the Lord. And the Lord is for my body. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen and hallelujah. Give God some glory. I can't clap for this. Woo! Thank you guys. I love you. 
first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto 